Hello and welcome to episode 486 of the LeakCast Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Thinky Cooper. Joining me is Aiden Frost Rockarts. Hey, how's it going? And the Colton Blue Basket Sweat. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hey, on this episode, we're, we've got a couple new patrons, some LeakCast news. Uh, we've got the Munda rework that's live, patch 11-12. Uh, they're going to talk about more items in, in which we'll have a discussion about... <laughs> Uh, a support zonias, which sounds terrible. Um, we've got a bi weekly discussion where, <laughs> for his high school diploma, Aiden will be uh, <laughs> giving us a Tom <laughs> Kench uh, presentation. Um, we've got a, a little bit of competitive league uh, uh, news where we talk about the LEC, the LCS, um, and uh, it'll be it'll be quite fun uh, roundtable from last week and this week, and we'll close it out. Uh, with the mail fight section. Aiden, why don't you tell us about your week first, though? My week was good. I played some League of Legends. I keep losing a lot. I finally ended the loss streak on my main, though. I lost seven games in a row, and then I won Ooh. one. So uh, I'm back to D3. Uh, <laughs> back nice. down to D3. Um, so, good. no. Um, but it, it's there's, not a, there's a chance, though. There's a chance yeah. that I pass you on your main. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> the cool thing is all my accounts are at max... Um, banked games now for decay so like, that was yeah. my main goal this week so that's, i just played on the all dream of them. yeah the dream. i feel like you're out there wanking and banking 24 7 <laughs> yeah so i'm mid d4 on my smurf mid d3 on my main and then mid d2 on my other account so so how do you feel about the um the banked like system so far i mean I understand why they have it. I don't think it literally needs to be in the game for Diamond. I understand why it has to be a system for, like, challenger players because, like, people will camp challenger and, like, have multiple accounts that camp, like, high challenger. And that's, like, the issue is you want people to, like, be playing and maintaining these spots rather than just, like, banking them. I don't understand why it, like, is a thing for other ELOs. It seems kind of strange. I mean, they removed it from Plat this year. And it feels like they should probably just remove it from Diamond. Like, maybe you could keep it at, like, D1 because D1, in theory, is tied to Master Tier grandmaster challenger but i don't think it needs to be in the game for like diamond or if it does then make it the old the case system where you have to play one game a month because i feel like i mean decay for people who don't play the game seriously like competitively is just a worse way to like affect matchmaking right because mm-hmm. if my options are i have to play a decay game or i lose 50 points meant then like the like best case scenario is i win the game Middle case scenario is I lose it and I lose 15 or 20 or whatever. And worst case is I don't play it and I lose 50. Like, I'm going yeah. into some of these games going, I don't give a fuck if we win or lose. <laughs> like, I just have to play this game. And that's not good. I just need to make this last 15 minutes and then we can be done. Yeah. It doesn't like, even have to last 15 minutes. Like, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where it's like, it's, it, I understand its purpose at, like, higher ELOs. I just don't think that, like, the percentage of players in, like, low diamond are needed to have this like needed to be held accountable for like this type of thing so it feels like you keep it like grandmaster grandmaster challenger or even extend it just to d1 even if you'd like that's that's kind of exactly how i'm feeling uh it's it's really lame um i don't Mm -hmm. like it at all uh it one game a week doesn't sound that bad but i don't i don't want to play one game a week at the moment like i i grinded out a lot of games earlier in the split i'm 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 ready for a little break but that's I why think... I didn't hit Diamond. It's that I don't have to play Decay game. Damn, yeah. that's, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> and for no other reason. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just wanted your opinion on that. Yeah, no, I, I think it's like an all right system. I just don't think it's great for myself. 
um yeah it's just like it's like 50 a game which is like just too much as well even if it's like a smaller amount it'd feel like i'm not choosing between inting my team and losing 50 points so but mm-hmm. anyways either way it's been fun uh, i'm getting back into the swing of things playing tom kench uh we'll be talking about his rework later i made a little presentation which i think Hell is yeah. gonna be fun uh that being said it, it does feel like i'm copying fucking uh norm uh waitley's thing I, I noticed after i made my presentation that he made a shitty fucking presentation and posted <laughs> it to the main subreddit in my defense i was working on it before that but it is similar <laughs> that's so uh, funny i promise i didn't like uh copy that if anything i was like I got the idea from, did you see that post of that Ivern main? Um, there's this Ivern main at like yeah. high diamond or whatever, where whenever he goes into a lobby and ranked, he posts a yeah. fucking shitty presentation to like yeah. his team being like, here's what my character does. And that's kind of where I got the inspiration of doing like the shitty presentation thing. But um, <laughs> either way, it does look bad that there's another ch- uh, Tom Catch player who's like my yellow, that's higher than my yellow, who's doing a similar thing. But uh, either way, it'll be, it'll be fine. He, he's a good dude. So it's so funny. But uh, yeah, that was my week. What about you, Colton? Um, my week, I played maybe three or four games of ranked. I think pretty much net zero. Uh, still not really like hard going into the climb. Um, this weekend, working on a ton of stuff at the condo, so just kind of getting ready for that. Um, I I made it to through Ascension twenty on the Watcher, which is like the monk character and Slay the Spire. So. Onwards to uh, the Ironclad and the Defect to try and 100% the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, played a bunch of Overwatch with the Broys this week. Uh, mm-hmm. I still don't love the game, but, you know, it's uh, it's more fun playing a game you don't really like with your friends than playing a game you absolutely hate alone <laughs> with a bunch of monkeys calling you a bad jungler. They're adding uh, crossplay to Overwatch uh, this month, so like the game's not going to be like as dead player base wise, which kind of sick. That's okay, sick. nice, nice. Yeah. Um, awesome. Aside from that, just been uh, keeping you know busy in my uh, in my personal life and at work, and uh, it's been raining a fucking lot here, so I'm looking forward to uh, some sun, and I'll enjoy it for like a week, and then it'll be uh, you know mid June into July in Texas, and I'll be hating it again. It is currently mid-June slash July in Florida, and it's awful. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, we've got the we've got the humid part down because uh, we've just had like nonstop rain for like the last two weeks or so. Yeah. So any day that it's not raining and the sun is out, it's like eighty-five, but like nutty humid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty well my week. So I'll I'll hand it over to the the Florida man. Nice. I played a a little of uh, a couple of games of ranked. I think I'm I was one and two, uh, down three LP because I dodged. Um, mm-hmm. I was autofill jungle, so no one else wanted it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so, what you got to do. <laughs> took the, took the minus three. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that was uh, I think that was kind of my week. I believe I'm nearing the end of Sekiro. Um, nice. I think so. I think I beat the boss before the last boss, but there's a lot of optional stuff that I want to do first. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick, eight, the joke's on you. You're almost done with the tutorial. It's, it, it feels that way at times. Um, Aiden, do you remember the... He's a guy with the spear, and there's a, a guy, like an ad next to him before the last boss. And it's like mm-hmm. a tiny space. Uh, it's like fire on the sides. 
Yeah, I, I don't remember. Like, I played this game when it came out. When, when yeah. did Sekiro even come out? It came out like what? Like twenty two years? Eighteen? I think twenty eighteen. Twenty nineteen. So yeah, like two full okay. years ago. Um, boy, that that it, it's probably not even a blip on anyone else's radar. But that boss gave me the most trouble out of any other boss in the entire <laughs> game. <laughs> it is weird how it does that sometimes with games like that. You just have yeah. like issues with certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, that was the uh, made a lot of progress on that. I think that's about it. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to to moving on to my next game after Sekiro. I'm trying to make an effort to beat some of the games that I uh, purchased and not have not beaten in Steam, yeah. which is an ongoing battle for everyone, I'm sure. Um, but I think that's it. So let's get on with the show. Uh, we have cool. four new patrons this week. Shout out to Arsonist, uh, Nathaniel, Setback, and Dapper Dodge. For supporting us on Patreon. Thank you guys so much. Um, speaking of Patreon, we'll talk about the League House News. We just recorded our part uh, S Champions Part 2 Z Talks, mm-hmm. um, where we had probably the sickest Sonar rework that has ever been considered ever. Yeah, um, it's super cool. So make sure you check that out. It's uh, it's going to be awesome. Um, is there anything else, League House News? Um, nothing too crazy. Just we recorded that episode. It will be live for non-patrons a month from now, or you can get it on our Patreon right now for one dollar uh, with all of our other content. A single dollar. That's, single that's dollar. Cheap, you know? Wow, um, that's so inexpensive. How many Dogecoin is that, Nick? Probably like three hundred. <laughs> no, know. it's it's like it's like three. It's like three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. It was like two the other day. Yeah. Like last yeah, week yeah. sometime. Um, cool. Let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the new news. Um, the Mundo rework is live. We've uh, guys, had a lot of people complain about it in the Discord. <laughs> yeah, have you guys played as it or against it? Because we'll definitely do like a more in-depth discussion in like a couple weeks time, like when he's actually like when we have some time to play him. But I haven't played as or against him yet. I actually thought I he was ha- live last week, but my chat informed me that he wasn't, and I was like, oh, that's why he's not picked. <laughs> um, I have not had an opportunity to play uh, any league games since he's been out. So yeah, same here. I've not I've not played league since his rework release. But, so yeah, <laughs> um, I I can't wait to to see, you know, like one week from now if people are still complaining or if he's at like forty eight percent. I heard that he's like very he still functions very similarly, but I've heard um one thing that is a little bit um. Hold on, there's a cat on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, one thing that um. Hold on, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, one thing that I um, what's it called? That uh, I've heard a lot about is that um, he's very annoying in lane in the fact that so he can like just like tank a hard CC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of lane, like that doesn't feel like that good of a passive because you get hit by multiple hard CCs. But in yeah. lane, y- you can absorb one hard CC, so it's like uh, most characters don't have multiple to throw at you, so it feels like very oppressing in la- oppressive in lane because you stun the character and he just doesn't get stunned. And then by the time like you can set up to stun him again, like he has his thing like back up or almost back up, um, where it, ju- it just doesn't feel like a good passive out of lane, but it feels OP in lane. This is what I've heard. Once again, I haven't played him, but we'll we'll speak more about it um next week, I think. Yeah, for sure. Once we've had a little bit of time to sink our teeth into it. Nice. Yeah. Um, let's jump into the patch then. Uh, so first up, Dr. Mundo. He's been reworked. If you want to listen to us talk about his abilities, I think we did that two weeks ago. Is that right? Uh, I think it was two weeks yes. ago. So episode 484. Um, and we'll talk about that. Um, and moving on. Aphelios. Ready? 
His base magic resist and AD growth have been increased. Severum's maximum number of attacks decreased, on hit damage increased, healing from basic attacks decreased, healing from abilities increased, Crescendum's mini chakram damage decreased, and sentry damage increased. So making his uh, active for um, red gun a little bit um, better on fewer hits, mm -hmm. uh, and then making chakram uh, less damage, uh, but tying that to the active of it. So yeah, definitely his two most problematic abilities, um, which is good. Cool. Awesome. Uh, next is Draven. Draven's getting some key, uh, dam bonus damage on his Q, which I think is fine. I don't think Draven's in that good of a spot. I don't think also like five damage is that crazy by any means. I think yeah. it's like a, it's a decent amount like later game because you get the extra 5% bonus, which is like nice, but like mm -hmm. it's nothing like to be scared of early game because mm -hmm. giving Draven early game damage is always like the scary part. But uh, yeah, for it's sure. Not, it's not enough yeah. to make a huge difference. Five, yeah, five damage and plus 5% bonus AD. I mean, it's it's not nothing, but you know the the difference of you dying to Draven or dying with you know or surviving with like twenty five health, right? It's like he's if if he gets an all in combo and kills you, he probably hits you with at least four or five axes, mm -hmm. and right like if you take away this damage buff, it's less than one attack extra yeah. to to get that damage back. Mm -hmm. It's it's not huge. Uh, Gnar base AD decreased by two. No more bullying people, Nar. Um, Except for you, still can just fine. Yeah, Hecarim base armor's increased. Q damage ratio is increased. Cool. Um, Alawi's getting some base mana growth. Uh, I saw Alawi on the buffs list, and I was like, oh no, this is gonna be a fucking yeah. nightmare. But I'm glad it's just fucking ten mana per level. That's sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jarvin, W cooldown is from a down from a 12 second cooldown to a nine. Man, what if they gave the ability like actual content? Yeah, so this is something that I've talked about in the Discord a couple times this week about. Imagine you take almost any other ability in the game, and specifically like any other shield in the game, and you take away flat like three seconds cooldown, and it's like the most busted thing ever. But Jarvin's, Jarvin's W is probably, like, in a vacuum, the worst ability in the game. Like, it's so trash. Yeah. I did the math. If you hit, if you have 4,000 HP, because it scales on your HP, and you hit a, a five-man, like, proc of it or whatever for the, for the highest shield possible, you'll have a 400 in uh, either 60 or 480 shield. Like, but that is perfect scenario with 4,000 health. It's such a bad yeah. ability. It's garbage. Yeah. Man, I, the 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 ability needs some other effect, like maybe it's, attack speed slow or it grounds you. Like that's probably OP, but I we did I have think, a... oh, yeah, we, we talked about it in the jar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk, but like, <laughs> right. The, the issue, like, long story short, the issue with Jarvin is that like he's got so much power in literally everything else yeah. it's like his passive is nutty good his eq is nutty good his ultimate's insane and so mm -hmm. like you can't give him a lot on w but i i think right it, yeah it, it would be so much better if it was just like you know minus five percent damage reduction for like two seconds and then after that you get like a shield depending on how much you tanked like it's yeah, just something so bad now and especially mm -hmm. like the 
like how many people your AOE shield hits determines how big it is. Like, how does that make sense at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm I'm hitting them with this protective orb around me, but that makes it bigger, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. I do think that, like, we were talking about this a little bit. I do think this is a bigger buff to top Jarvan than jungle Jarvan by, like, a fair bit. Like, oh, having 100%. A, having yeah. a shield on a three, like, second lower cooldown, even if it's a tiny little shield, like, that's way more viable in small, like, trades in lane than it is mm-hmm. for, like, a jungle gank, mm-hmm. right? Which yeah. is, like, that, that's at least something to note. Yeah, definitely. Maybe yep. we maybe we do see a little bit more solo lane Jarvan. Or even, even like, support driver, and I think, yeah, the jungle is where it's least effective. This is really effective in, in lane and then eventually in team fights, but it's still a tiny shield. Like game I'd really love to see, like, full AD assassin, like, Jarvan mid, but I don't think it'll ever come, like, come back. <laughs> the good yeah. old days. Yeah. Uh, Kai'Sa, Q cooldown has been increased early. Uh, so the first rank, they've added two seconds to the cooldown, and it still scales down to the same... At max rank. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Malphite, W on hit damage is increased. Uh, not by much, it looks like. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Ramus's uh, W base armor is increased and his R cooldown is decreased. I feel like, yeah, Ramus, like, even with the rework, like, his play kind of shot up and then it immediately went back down because, like, they realized he's still Ramus and he's still not that good. It didn't really improve him that much. So, yeah. a little bit of uh, some buffs, which is nice. Yeah. Up next, we've got Nasus. The lifesteal on his passive has been decreased by 2%. Wow. What if I can't they just wait. removed it? I can't wait until they revert the buffs to Divine Sunderer, and then <laughs> Nasus just stays nerfed. <laughs> I don't the, think Nasus right should special. be good, though. I hate that character, man. It, no, I, I don't so think annoying. he should be good either. I just think it's funny that, like, oh, we need to nerf this character because we buffed an item. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. But, uh, Renekton, Q non-champion healing uh, is reduced, so that's really good. Talon's W initial uh, W initial damage is decreased and return damage is increased, so you get rewarded a little bit less for hitting the first part, but more for hitting the second part. That's cool. Good. Yeah, I definitely think that should be the way that that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Udir, the damage uh, from his R, the cone attack, is down by a flat 10, it looks like, at starting rank. And then a little bit more each level, so Dumb yeah, it's, thirty-five it's, max. Rank. That's a fair bit. Yes. Yeah, it was. Too a, I think that's worst. a pretty big they nerf, bu- actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did buff the AP ratio, but people aren't really <laughs> playing AP Udir. The only time yeah. you build AP is if you get super fed and build or change our uh, Dark Seal into a <laughs> Medjai's. I do think Dark no, yeah, you can't go. The- you can't go Runic anymore. <laughs> I do think you should pick up Dark Seal on any jungler that. Um, has AP ratios, by the way. 300 gold item that has, uh, what's 130% gold efficient with zero stacks, uh, yeah. scaling to like 200% gold efficient. It's just an item that if you're ever a little bit ahead on jungle and you have AP ratios, just pick it up. Literally just sit on Dark Seal because it's gold efficient buying it at 350 gold, which is crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's also like, for the majority of junglers who do take refillable potion, like, you just get a little bit of extra off that as well. Yeah. Cool. Um, then we have Varus, whose W maximum bonus damage is, in, is decreased. Oh, sorry. Yeah, a little bit more Varus nerfs that we've been seeing. Yeah, Wukong base damage growth is decreased and the Q damage ratio is decreased. Another victim of Divine Sunder. <laughs> and our boy, Ziggs. Q damage is increased at later ranks. Uh, so up by 20 at max rank. 
and the missile speed on his ultimate is pretty significantly increased. Have you yeah. guys seen a video yeah. of this, by the way? It's it's really, really big. It's like a huge change, honestly. I think this is probably the biggest like change of the patch aside from Mundo. Um, like, mm-hmm. I, I think this character is nutty. Well, I mean, so like I've I, I do like LS a lot, right? I haven't been following this stuff as much, but he's been saying for a long time that he thinks Ziggs is one of the best characters in the game for pro mm-hmm. play. It's just that playing artillery mages are the hardest characters to play in the game currently because uh, mm-hmm. they're full skill shot based. You're pull- not only are you having to hit four skill shots on these characters like Zig Zareth, whatever, but you're also having to hit them against fucking pro players, right? Uh, so yeah. characters like these just like are so fucking hard to like pilot. Um, and a change like this honestly makes like one of Ziggs's main abilities just that much fucking easier to use. Uh, not to mention the huge damage change like inc- uh, might increase like your wave clear potential like by like a wave or two. Like it's kind of crazy. Yeah, mm. no. As part of the video, they showed how that damage. Yeah. Again, with like standard items at level nine, you one hit casters now. Yeah. Um, whereas before, you typically would have to either throw your E or a W to kind of get that one hit. I I think definitely play the most things out of any of us, and I'm hyped for this. And I will. Uh, I'll probably boot up the old boombastic stream and put some some zigs losses on my rate on my record <laughs> hell yeah. yeah dude cool nice um yeah a couple of bug fixes and then two skins pool party brahm and pool party set nice i i do like the skins i think it's funny that these are the There's only pool party chaz. skins they're releasing <laughs> no they look so good like these skins are so good yeah all the chromas look really good for it too yeah the chromas are always really really sick mm-hmm. it's cool nice that is the patch Pog. Um, so let's jump into more items hey, when. when yes. are we getting more items? Yeah, so there's a big Ask Riot. Pretty well the gist of it was, hey, we want more items in the game. And they say, hey, we're working on a couple items. Uh, so the items that they are working on in this, uh, they said one is a supportive item, I believe. I was trying to, let me just quickly find it. They're introducing a legendary tank item uh, that has a binding like Knight's Vow or Zeke's uh, Convergence. Um, but this time the twist is the, it's enemy targeted, so you're going to bind an enemy. The item grants damage reduction against that targeted enemy, as well as tenacity uh, reduction against, uh, or against them, if you're close enough to them. This item should be fina- fantastic for dealing with a fed carry or a single team threat composition, as well as matching a th- uh, threatening split pusher. I think this item already sounds fucking terrible dog shit for the game, but yep. I'm excited <laughs> to see how it is. I, it, it, like, I know it's not going to be old poppy alt-esque where you targeted someone you just like fucked them up but it does give me like nom flashbacks of stuff like that right yeah i mean it's either going to be way too strong and built on every single character in the game yeah like or it's going to do absolutely nothing it feels like this Mm -hmm. is too niche of an item i think but yeah who knows maybe it'll maybe it'll be in a good spot actually yeah it it seems like it could be okay but it seems also like more than likely it's just gonna feel kind of bad for the people involved and like Mm -hmm. it'll either be dog shit and feel bad or it'll be really good and feel bad and either way people will be sad yeah yeah and uh they then go on to talk about sanguine blade they're gonna make it not like through the lethality route they want it to be way less of like a split pushing side laner type condition so they're gonna make it a more general item um, and then I, bl- uh, so they're planning on shipping both those items in the new patch, the rework Sanguine Blade and the new tank item. Uh, and then they're also going to introduce a new Enchanter legendary item. Um, and his- they say historically Enchanters have been entirely defenseless when caught, making them exceptionally punishing, uh, to play when the enemy team has 
powerful aggressors. The new item will provide burst resistance in the vein of Zonia's Hourglass, but with a much more supported bend. Supportive bend. So it's going to be a supportive defensive item uh, because these characters are too easy to get caught. So, Nick, before you go on to say <laughs> that Zonia's is bad and it shouldn't be in the game anyways, I think there's merit to this. I do think, like, playing squishy characters that get blown up, that is your weakness and it should be exploited by certain characters, right? But... Once again, it goes back to the, uh, from a couple months ago, we were talking about them thinking about reworking uh, support quests so that when you fully upgrade your support quest, you got a longer ward range. And the idea for that was not to, like, make it so, like, these characters are, well, it is to make it so these characters are safer versus, like, assassins and stuff like that. But the idea is to play the game properly at a high level of play you have to go with your support to ward everywhere, right? Which just slows down the play, pace of the game. If your support goes, I want to ward dragon, um... And you have to literally guide your support to dragon or else they die solo to someone on the enemy team, then mm -hmm. that's not fun, right? And I understand, like, oh, these supports are just kind of punished, but, like, you're punishing all of League of Legends at the highest, like, level by making these characters, like, able to get one hit, right? So I think the idea here is once again the same idea that, hey, this makes it so you don't have to, like, baby your support as much, uh, which I think is very, very positive, but. At the at a very base level, I think that once again, yeah, these characters should just get punished for like shit, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm really interested in the numbers, particularly because like you're you're dead on that. There's the two sides of it, where <laughs> you know a, a a lone roaming support should be punished. Mm -hmm. And if I was seeing this change, and I was like a Zed main or an Ari or like any kind of bursty pick, either assassin or like pick mage. I'd be like, well, fuck this. Like, the whole point of me playing my character is to, like, yeah. find a flank and pick off a, a lone person. Um, but, you know, there's also some very frustrating play as those characters where you're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm playing support, and I'm going to get flamed for not warding, but if I yeah. do ward, I'm going to die, and they won't come with me, so I really have no option other than to int and get flamed or not int and get flamed. It's like, it gives them a little bit more autonomy, though it's already a role with tons of choice and power. Um, it's, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see what the exact numbers look like, because it, it's when it says burst resistances, I'm like, is it going to be just like Leona W? Or? So, yeah, I, I think it, it kind of seems like it's going to be like, I, I guess in this tiny little tidbit, my my perspective is this will automatically activate when you get too low on health and you're alone, <laughs> or like yeah. you're you, you you know if you take X amount of damage in X amount of seconds, like I don't know. It's it, and I think it's going to be problematic if that's the case because then you just prevent like you just have an assassin dumping their combo into the support and getting nothing but a like an item use out of it. I yeah. Guess. And not not on a priority target either, so there. I mean, but if it does speed up the game, that's going to be like great. And I I think that is a very like lame part of the game that's not very fun, like warding when you're losing. But I don't know. I yeah. I, I don't like I don't like the idea that this could be an item that just pre prevents a class that is supposed to get caught out if they're not with their team from dying yeah no i completely like, agree with that but yeah if it speeds up the game that'll be good 
Yeah, I, I think that's like their main goal with like these changes that we keep seeing them propose. Just I don't think any of them fully nail everything without making like the class even easier. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and then in this uh, this remaining Asrai, they talk about um, adding uh, more canon LGBT uh, plus couples yeah. in uh, League of Legends. Uh, and they hint at a an event coming up uh, centered around um, uh, Diana and Leona. Yeah, so a little more, a little more backstory for those. Th- that um, is interesting because I, I know like uh, a lot of people don't want like LGBTQ uh, plus uh, characters like just like shoehorned into stuff. But I remember like uh, reading a, per like a tweet from someone who was like on an old bright narrative team saying like these characters eventually like were supposed to be like written as like uh, like lovers or whatever like originally, mm-hmm. but like it never like kind of got pushed. Just like Talia was originally written to be like a transgendered character, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. It's like these things were like ideas in the conceptual uh, conceptual phase, and it feels like they're kind of like still gonna go ahead with like this uh, Leona Diana thing, which is very interesting because they've like alluded to it a couple times. So yeah, it's it's really cool. I um. It's it's nice to see people get represented in uh yeah, it's in cool. media. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Representation is great. I think the only like the, the important point to take as well is that just like they don't don't go the route like, well, because these two characters are are both like lesbian, they're obviously are gonna end up together. It's like yeah, exactly. That's, that's that's not how this works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just cool to have like overall representation. It makes people like I don't know, find ties to characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's oh, really, yeah. really nice. Yeah. Giving the player base ways to connect to champions. Yeah. Um, and then they, they just talk about uh, not human skins for non-humans. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. It's Specifically with the most recent Xerath. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of that. I think it's so weird to turn like, they're like, we, we just went through like the whole, they create too many humanoid characters. Many now human, they're turning, yeah. they're now they're turning their non-humanoid characters into humans. Like once again, people like playing as human characters and that's the reason why they make so many humanoids but like man <laughs> come on guys yeah it's like anime thrash i also have a problem with that skin where he slowly turns more to an anime boy as like the skin yeah. goes on sort of thing it's it's so strange mm-hmm. yeah that's exactly what i was thinking when uh when they mentioned this yeah um cool that's it for the new news uh aiden uh it's your turn to present to the class yeah, I have a bit of a presentation. Uh, I also have like a little a notepad because I, I wanted to make it kind of clean. So uh, give me a second. I'll get the set Please, up everyone, give Mr. Rock Arts your full attention. For no, audio uh, listeners. No chewing gum. Don't go get up to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, you know, eyes up front, everybody. Yeah. For audio listeners, this would be better. Like if you like, I'm going to probably create a little video out of this sort of thing. But um, mm-hmm. it, you also can listen to it audio wise. I do have enough written down that we can talk about it. Anyways, the main thing that we're going to go over today is Tom Kench and Tom Kench um, is getting reworked, and his rework kind of went on the P- went up on the PBE today. So I'm doing a class presentation on <laughs> Tom Kench. Uh, these are my initial thoughts before playing him. So they're really based off nothing, but um, people wanted to hear it. I got added enough times on our Discord uh, to talk about it, so we're gonna go over it. Um, so, anyways, hey, my name is Aiden. I-, I play Tom Kench. Next slide. Uh, so <laughs> no i uh so why should you actually listen to me though like i i am a pretty decent tom kench player i have three accounts currently in diamond all being tom kench one trick accounts my highest being diamond two i have previously uh peaked at master tier 
Um, I have been a Tom Kench one trick for a couple seasons now since season six. I did take a year off where he actually got fucking gutted, uh, but I've kind of played him almost nonstop uh, since his release, and I've kind of love that. Um, love that picture, Aiden. Yeah, and I've I've been I've been a, a dedicated Tom Kench player for a while. So I'm not the best Tom Kench player in the world, but I've have enough like a mastery on him that I feel like uh, I have a decent expert opinion without having played him <laughs> so far uh, with the new patch. Cool. So his passive, his passive is getting changed a little bit. So it still functions the exact same way. The main difference is that the actual passive damage, the amount of bonus magic damage that you get on hit is being reduced by half. They are fucking gutting this ability, this passive uh, from 4% uh, of your max uh, HP to 2.5%, which adds up to a lot. Literally level one, it is a 10 damage difference, which 10 damage on auto attacks is pretty mm-hmm. fucking massive we see three ad changes that um kind of like gut characters sometimes so uh this is kind of a weird change and i don't understand why they're fully doing it they're also hitting all of his base mm-hmm. stats they're reducing his armor his health and all of his growth stats um so them even nerfing his health like his base health is a double uh dip into the nerf for this ability or this passive. no more no more winning every single 1v1 matchup at level one just cheating yeah. the bush yeah so q his uh his Q is called Tongue Lash, aka Lick. Um, there's a lot of changes to his Q. Uh, the main nerfs to the Q include uh, his Q now has a scaling cooldown rather than a flat five seconds. It starts at seven, uh, scales down. Um, his Q now slow slow is now 40% rather than scaling up to 70%. So going from a 70% slow to a 40% slow is fucking crazy in my opinion. Uh, and now his Q stun instead of being two seconds is 1.5 seconds. So you're losing point, uh, you're losing a half second of a stun. You're losing a huge uh, slow. Um, but what are you getting to compensate for that? So you're getting a missing health um, heal on it. So every single time you hit someone through Q, you're getting 6% of your missing health back up, scaling up to 10%. 10% actually is a lot of health back, but missing health is a pretty bad heal. Um, missing health, meaning it's, it's not, mm-hmm. it literally doesn't do anything when you're high HP, right? And it's less effective the higher HP you are, meaning you're not getting that 10% unless you're uh, at zero HP. Um, anyways, the scale, he also has a scaling down mana cost on his Q now, and his Q net can now apply, uh, stacks. He, when he uses his Q to, like, stun people, it still does consume them, which still feels a little bit clunky. And the biggest change is that his Q range now scales with champion size. So if you build an item like Frostfire Gauntlet and a bunch of HP, um and a bunch of legendaries and stuff, you'll get bigger and your Q distance will be even further, which is kind of actually sick. It's super unclear because... Yeah, the cast animation on the PB is still the same at every rank, so people aren't sure if this is a bug or not, but I I think it's going to go to live. It doesn't say it anywhere in his kit, but it Hmm. it makes sense that it's going to go to live, I think. Cool. His W. His W, this is where things start to get a little bit crazy. His W, which was called Devour, is now Abyssal Dive. Um, so he got he lose, he's losing his munch right now. That's going to go to his ultimate. We'll talk about that in a minute. And he's getting Abyssal Dive, which is kind of like a baby version of his old ultimate, Abyssal Voyage. Um, so Abyssal Dive is a short targeted um, channel where you hop in the ground and then you appear someone else, somewhere else. It's kind of like a little blink. It's a knock-up AoE uh ability with 100% AP scaling. Uh, it seems pretty strong for the most part. It's slow, um, but it can take allies with you if you devour them beforehand. I do think this ability is going to be pretty bad just to use raw. It's kind of like using a Zac W when people have vision of you. Um, but if you use it from a bush or something, I think it's actually a pretty good uh, tool, and it will hopefully help out some, with some wave clear issues, because missing out your on your W is going to be a huge hit to his laying phase, I think. Mm-hmm. Is there an indicator when he begins the cast, like with his cur- like his current he does, ultimate? Like, 
So he does like a big animation, and then once he dives into the ground, it will show like an animation on the ground. So like once again, you only have half of the time to react if you don't see him cast it because yeah, you only have okay. the animation so on the ground. You, yeah. If, okay. Yeah. So if you're casting from fog, the amount of time that that indicator on the ground shows up is okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very similar to, to Zaki. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think it's like going to be pretty easy to fucking dodge if like you're in the middle of a fight with him. Like he's not going to just going to use it randomly in the middle of a fight very often. I think the main use of this ability is going to be um, mid like team fight where you maybe use it to go in on someone, and then by the time they peel out and you're halfway through the fight, you can maybe use your W to uh, reengage into their backline or something. Mm-hmm. But it is a pretty long cooldown with 20 seconds, scaling down to 16. And if if we see him in support role, I mean this ability is not getting maxed like ever, so it's going to yeah. probably stay that static 20 second cooldown so we'll see the range scales this level as well right yeah it scales from a thousand to a thousand two hundred um oh it's okay. so not that it's not that big yeah you get an extra 200 range it is pretty small it feels pretty bad for ganks like a lot of people are theorizing that he could be a jungler but i don't think this is a big enough thing for him to be a jungler it yeah. seems like more like a roam move or like a gank your own lane from fog move mm-hmm. cool um next we're on to his e which is called thick skinned um, so there's not really any changes to this. It still acts as like you take damage. It, uh, shows up as gray health. You can either turn that into a shield or you can let it regen. The biggest change to it, um, in there's a buff and a nerf. The buff is that the shield lasts for an extra 0.5 seconds. Cool. Cool. Two seconds to uh, 2.5 seconds. But the nerf to it is that, um, in, previously you'd start regening the health after 2.5 seconds of, uh, not taking damage. Now it's after four seconds of not being in combat. So not only is it a longer duration, but it's um, taking damage versus combat, meaning uh, 2.5 seconds of not taking damage is you can attack people, but as long as you're not getting hit, you'll start your regen after 2.5 seconds. Being in combat is you can't auto attack, you can't use Qs, you can't take damage, you can't do anything. uh You just have to sit there for four seconds to regen it. That's a fucking crazy nerf. That's (laughs) That's wild. Yeah, and like that two seconds that it was before was not hard to hit if like... You hit a stun and, like, walked up to them and then, like, potentially or, like, when you ate them, like, by the time you spit them out, you're starting to heal up off of it. Yeah, you do regen a little bit faster. Yeah, uh, and this, like, new one does heal a little bit faster, it seems like. It seems like your regen, like, happens, like, almost like pike levels of regen rather than, like, what it was. But still, Hmm. it feels like you're never going to get this heal in trades is, like, the main thing, I guess. Yeah. It might be, like, more of a, like after a fight you can heal up really quick but you're not just healing up mid-trade by like standing in a bush for like a second but uh that's fine whatever we'll move on um next is his ultimate oh i don't know how that got there um next is his ultimate which is uh was abyssal voyage and now it's devour um so the main changes here is that you know you're no, no longer a global presence like uh, character you don't really have like a pseudo shenult type ability you're not going to be ganking other lanes with your ultimate your alt is now your eat um, so people know your eat as the ability in pro play that breaks this character mm-hmm. where they eat their allies to literally get them out of any sort of danger ever. Um, now that's your ultimate and it's on a 100 second cooldown. So we're going to see a lot less of Tom Kent just being picked as a, uh, free lane for your AD carry type character. Um, that being said, I don't like how this, uh, ability is balanced in the slightest. I don't, I don't like it at all. So the main things is, uh, main thing is, is that it's just strictly better for using on your allies so now when you eat your ally and you spit them out they get a uh 300 health base shield uh scaling up to 600 with a 100 ap ratio uh wow. that they get to have on them for 2.5 seconds after being spit out that's a big fucking shield for your uh, allies um 
And what you get for eating an enemy is that it lasts an extra second now. It used to be two seconds in your stomach, now it's three seconds. Uh, that is pretty strong in itself. Like, the way I think about this is, damn, if I eat an enemy, they probably have to build build QSS. Because mm-hmm. if uh, them just sitting in my stomach for three seconds uh, with the reduced slow, it used to be 90% slow when you eat an enemy, now it's 40%, means it's like a kind of a shitty Skarnerald. It's it's longer than a Skarnerald, but you move, you move slower than a Skarnerald. Um, but that seems like really, really devastating, just holding like a strong carry in your stomach for three seconds. Mm-hmm, um, definitely. That being said, I do think the ally version of it's just strictly better. You're eating your carry, your strongest person on your team, and then spitting them out and giving them a fucking massive shield. And this is an ability that you're only going to be able to use once per fight because it's a 100 second cooldown. It's 120 seconds, scales down to 80, I believe. Um, if I have... Yeah, it scales down to 80. So you're not using this ability multiple times. I think there's problems with like the balance between using it on enemies and allies. It seems completely out of whack. It literally does 20%, I think, more damage than the old W used to. <laughs> so it's wow. not like you're getting a huge damage bonus uh, eating an uh, enemy compared to like the old uh, W. Uh, but yeah, it's very, very strange to me. So hmm. initial thoughts before actually playing him. So he does have a much earlier we- uh, weaker early game, right? His early game is heavily nerfed through stats and ability changes. Um, he still will be a fine duelist, but he really does require a different playstyle rather than bashing your head into like a wall. You're not just going to be able to fight people level one anymore, I don't think, especially not with the base stat changes unless we see those get buffed. Um, fights as Tom Kench will be slower as damage has shifted to tankiness in the form of the Q healing. You are going to be a way fucking tankier character than you used to be. Uh, there's no doubt about that. It's just, you're going to like lose out on a lot of damage and kill pressure that you used to have. Um, your global pressure has been absolutely fucking gutted with Abyssal Voyage being changed to Abyssal Dive. No more like double TP plays, uh, ulting somewhere than TPing somewhere else. It, that's all gone. Um, Aring allies seems to always be better than Aring enemies. The potential use cases for um, using it just to eat an enemy for three seconds, like it's 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 there. But I, I just think it's so much fucking easier just to eat like your vein, give her a huge shield and spit her back out somewhere safe. Like it, it mm-hmm. just seems infinitely better. Um, and then I think Jungle Kench is absolutely dead. Uh, a lot of people are saying that Jungle Kench is probably going to be where he's played. His clear is dog shit bad, man. Unless like there's some way to make his W increases clear speed by like a full minute this character is going to clear like four camps by the time scuttle spawns rather than like every meta character who clears six uh his ganks aren't good enough he lost all of his dueling pressure uh in 1v1s and 2v2s with his w being removed he lost his scuttle control which was the best in the entire game with uh his w being removed uh, he's lost way too much that you have to compensate it with a class fast clear speed which i just don't think is going to be there oh, interesting um, yeah i didn't think about his w being changed with regards to uh like scuttle yeah uh yeah. and then there is potential for ap kench i i don't think that ap kench is actually going to be a thing but he does have 270 percent ap ratios between his um q w and his alt now but we'll, we'll see if that actually happens or not uh Hell and yeah. then i guess my my final thoughts are what three things i want to see change this is before i've even played the character so it sounds a little bit cra- uh, crazy to demand stuff from riot but um before I actually play the character, I think he needs some base stats back. I think nerfing his base armor, base health, and uh, growth stats, along with nerfing a bunch of his ability base ratios, is a little bit crazy. Uh, once again, the PvE is a place for testing, so I, d- I don't expect all the changes to go to live. But bringing back some base stats would at least like allow him to like have some early game pressure. Going from a 
early game monster to a weak early game character I think is a little bit strange uh, and I feel like they usually are pretty good about not changing that much of identity of characters but we'll see uh, second I would like to see them reduce the cooldown of alt when used on enemies I think right now there is no fucking reason to ever eat an enemy except for when you're in lane um, so giving it the old W treatment where if you eat an enemy it's half the duration of than if you eat an ally would be absolutely fine as ultimate if it was a 40 second ability where you ate an enemy and then 80 when you ate an ally i i think there's times where you eat an enemy at the beginning of the fight and then maybe by the end you eat an ally or something but uh right now there's just no reason to use it on enemies um and then last but not least um changes e back to uh without taking damage having it um be out of combat is fucking crazy like <laughs> that that's actually like just gutting a, an ability and then kicking it while it's down i i think it's so fucking crazy uh, yeah. And last but not least, uh, please fix his passive stacks, uh, Clarity. They made it so, you know how old stacks would be, you'd stack once, twice, and then the third one would tur turn the entire thing red? Uh, so it's blue, blue, and then blue now uh, when you get three stacks. I don't know why Ooh. they changed that. They just, <laughs> they made it just less clear, <laughs> which is such a weird change. They just decided that making it red when it was fully stacked was too clear. So now they're going to make it blue when it's fully stacked. Like, uh, yeah, it is that's makes man, that makes perfect sense yeah just reduce reduce that clarity especially now where it's like even having three stacks on you i feel like generally matters less because he's gonna be not ulting enemies typically and so the only time it really matters is when he's gonna try and cue you which he had to cue you like to begin with to get three stacks on you yeah, um, someone in chat did say that they it, it was probably for colorblind because red on green like looks pretty bad and it's kind of hard to see. That being said, it should just be differ different. Like the, I yeah. don't care if it's red on green. I just care it should be one stack is one color, one two stacks is the same color, three stacks should be something different. So it's very obvious that for first you that you can do something and then for the enemy that they can have something done to them. Like it, <laughs> it's so strange that it goes it literally just doesn't change color. There's just that like little tiny animation. Um, but. Anyways, I think Tom Kench looks fun. He's going to be a very different character. I don't know if I'll like him yet, but I'm excited to try him. Nice. Awesome. Thank you, uh, Aiden. You'll get your grade later. Thanks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's worth 40% of your term grade. Nice. Um, let's he talk about sources, so competitive league. Uh, so TSM announced their big, huge, massive news. Um where they signed a deal with a cryptocurrency, right? Yeah. FTX, um, worth $210 million, and uh, they they get to uh, call themselves TSM FTX. Uh, except, except not on yeah, live not on broadcast. Valorant, not on LCS and not on something else. Yeah. I forget what, the, what it was. So. Which is, is crazy. Like, uh, yeah. First of all, that's the biggest fucking esports deal. That's like a D, that's like a, a big sports deal. That's a fucking deal, a huge that's deal a for like deal, a, yeah. like for like a real sports league. For league, that's unheard of. It's ten years, so for ten years they have to have all their players on social medias in every other game other than League and Valorant have to have their IDs be TSM FTX. Um, mm -hmm. But they're getting twenty one million dollars a year for ten years. That's yeah, fucked. That's that it's almost unbelievable. Like. I don't know who FTX is, but, like, it feels like they got robbed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's crazy. For sure. Um, so, yeah, they got a lot of it. Uh, they don't have to change their name in well, well, in the LCS. So, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, we have uh, some news out of Team Liquid. Afari benched question mark. He didn't get to play um, in Game 2. Uh, for game 2 and Game 3 of the Summer you know, half, um, 
And then he had a crazy tweet where he uh, <laughs> he talked about what like wanting Mexican food instead of Chick Fil A. Yeah. <laughs> so so we usually don't talk about like player roster changes because there's so many of them and most of them aren't very important. But I do think it's crazy that you bench like this is feels like the Sven issue, but like to the nth degree, right? The Sven yeah. issue is like, damn, Sven is the best AD carry in LCS. Um, he he's crazy. It's crazy that you'd bench him. But at least there's, like, some merit. Like, King is still a pretty good AD carry. King isn't an import. Uh, he doesn't take up an import slot. Um, benching Alfari seems fucking wild. He, like, mm-hmm. if you look at his stats, like, I know his stats have been brought up a lot. He's, like, the lead in every single stat in the entire, like, LCS for, like, top lane. By, he's like, by far the best more. in a top lane. Yeah, he's, he's so fucking crazy. It, it makes no sense. Like, once again, it's mm-hmm. probably attitude issues, but it just feels like fucking deal with this shit, man. It's like the whole Dardock thing where, like, you just gotta deal with stuff, man. Make them, like, not be shitheads and win games. Like, you're you're in the LCS to win, not to, like, make sure your kids are happy and good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so strange. That's crazy. Um, And then, finally, uh, Dom co-streamed lpl is that yeah. newsworthy <laughs> i think it's like more the fact that like dom got the rights to co-stream lpl i think lpl is the least watched league by uh like western viewers um i mean i think it's pretty easy to say especially seeing how fucking hard western viewers underrate china at every single international mm-hmm. event and we only underrate them because we don't watch their fucking league right like yeah. enough people watch lck that we go lck is pretty good um but like everyone's like ah NA might beat L- LPL. We might beat this team or whatever. And I feel like that's purely because no one fucking watches LPL. And I think allowing a Western content creator to co-stream LPL games will actually help the viewership of Westerners watching LPL by like a, a crazy amount. And I think it's like a really, really good step. I don't think we need to have it like it is in LCS and have like a ton of people co-stream it. But I just think having one person co-stream it like just allows it to like enter the lives of like a lot more people who normally wouldn't see it. Yeah, I feel like personally I've wanted to watch a lot of LPL, um, mm-hmm. but a lot of the VODs that I see are just um, have non-English speaking casters. Yeah. Um, and then I'm not a huge fan of the English speaking casters. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was just hard to hard to watch any of that. But um, Dom's pretty entertaining when he's not playing solo queue. <laughs> yeah, so. I, th- I think he's definitely best not playing League. I, I love yes, all of his other content, though. Like, he- he's great on everything. He's great on talk shows. He's great on streams. Like, I just don't think he's great playing League. <laughs> no, I, I would agree. <laughs> yeah, cool. So, Yeah, awesome. Uh, let's move into the roundtable section. Yeah, so last week's question was, with MSI, we've hit mid-season. Are you where you thought you would be, ranked-wise, why or why not? This was submitted by Jazzy from our Discord. We got a couple answers. We got some from Twitter. One from Joby. He says, no, I thought I'd be higher after role swapping, main swapping, and dual partner swapping. Uh, The road to my goal has been rougher than expected. It sometimes feels like no matter what role I am, someone will int and make me want to play that role next game. I feel like everyone deals with that some degree. You play play top 10 games in a row, and your bottom loses every single game, and then you play bottom one game, your top... was zero thirteen. Like <laughs> it feels like sometimes you're cursed, but uh trust me, you just gotta like improve on yourself and you will win games. The more you the better you do and the more consistent you play, the better you'll climb, I think. Yeah. Um next is from uh Lunar Lunatic. He said, no, because I discovered Teemo Top is fun to play. Also, I discovered uh, the enemy junglers like to camp a Teemo. True. I feel like that Teemo is the one character that people love just to kill, like repeat kill over and over. Um Scon- uh, Sc- Scones? 
uh, said, no, I, I've been playing since 2011, and to this day, I've never played a game of uh, Ranked. I thought the season would be the one where I finally give it a shot, but have uh, so far have yet to feel confident enough to take the plunge. I think it's fine to play the game casually, especially if you're really yeah, con- for sure. yeah, content with it, then feel free to just keep playing the game casually. You're killing it, man. Um, it's definitely sconce, by the way. They're not sc- scouts. His his handle is at holds candles. He's clearly referring to just the regular scones. No, he mean he means scouts. He, he told me. Uh, okay, from our okay, Facebook though, bad. we got from one from Mikael. Uh, it's, it's a joke because it's Mitchell. Uh-huh. Uh No, I thought I'd make it to gold, and I have uh, and stop. Sorry, I thought I'd make it to gold and stop like I have every season. But this season, I just got. I just stopped playing altogether, not having fun with the items or the meta. Yeah, I think it was a big change Ooh. this season. I, I think that it was hard for a lot of people to continue playing. Uh, hopefully, you'll uh, get back into it and enjoy playing. And then from our Discord, I grabbed a couple. One from Gecko. He said, I've already hit my goal of Silver 2 pretty quickly, and my MMR and LP gains were surprisingly high to jump from Bronze 1 to Silver 2, even getting promoted from Silver 4 to Silver 2 in like 13 games or so. I don't play that much ranked, but with school ending, I might be able to get higher than my initial goal. Hell yeah, man. Hit gold. I, I believe in you. Go- hitting gold feels really, really good the first time. Hell um, yeah. Skep said, I am a little bit lower than I'd like to be since I fucked up LP gains for the first half of my ranked games, but now that they bounced out... I feel pretty good that I can hit my uh, hit hit close to gold or gold by this time summer is up. Hell yeah, Ooh. another gold getter. Wait, we call those That's GGs. Awesome. Golden Guardians, if you will. Um, <laughs> uh, and then we got two more. One from Wild Day, and he says, I don't play a ton of solo queue, but six months ago when the season started, I roll swapped and finally... Uh, I'm finally feeling more uh, confident in my support than my former main rules. Now shifting gears to duos, duos with my AD, I'm going to try work our way up through silver. So yeah, actually feeling pretty happy with my mid-season progress that's awesome and last one uh is from uh x ranger or drew uh and he says this season i've gotten a lot better playing around my jungler and respecting gank timings and invade timers last season i primarily focused on my own leads and creating singular advantages this season i've been really working on moving up to help my jungler slash support make plays in other roles so i feel pretty good about my progress to become a better player i've also added nar and gregus to my top lane pool yeah i feel like that's a, always a good thing to look at like think of like different aspects that you can prove on at a season basis adding a couple characters to your pool adding like a different play style to your pool is all like great things to work on throughout a season mm-hmm. definitely cool awesome uh, uh and then this, this week's, week's question aiden <laughs> yeah this week's roundtable question is what is your dream roster move for competitive league of legends <laughs> I don't Nick, tell us who, who you want on CLG, man. Uh, yeah, who do you want on CLG, buddy? Literally, just four different people. I think Finn is doing fine, um, but like, I don't want Pole Belter to be on the team. I think he's kind of washed. I think they need a, like a, a better jungler than Broxa and the butter bottling than Wild Turtle Smoothie. Yeah. So how about four new players? I don't think that's too much to ask. It definitely feels bad where you have to go like, fuck, man. It's not like you have like a, a Jensen or something where you're like, I can just build around this player. You have to build yeah. a full new roster. <laughs> yeah. Like there's there's just no there's no building block there. Yeah. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. That's okay, though. Cool. How about you guys? Oh, man, this is really tough. Um... Because there's, there's nothing I like super, super want, but I think... One of the most interesting things that could potentially go, like, terribly, but also could just go so, so well, is if, like, Faker switched teams, roll-swapped, and was, like, on the same team as Chovy or Showmaker. Yeah. Mm. As, like, a support. 
and was just like, don't worry, I will macro for you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wonder if some point, if he will roll swap. Hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I his, think so. his game knowledge is still really high, but maybe he just can't, mm-hmm. I mean, can't the main thing keep up. I don't know. Is that he won't leave T1 at this point, almost yeah, certainly. Yeah. Uh, meaning we'd have yeah. to have like Chovy or someone come to T1, which I think is like a possibility. Uh, my actual um, dream roster move is like just Chovy going to like a team that supports him. Like it is crazy that like, uh, yeah. I think most people who watch LCK are pretty well in agreement that Chovy's the best mid in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And the only people who don't aren't in agreement with that, like are people who don't watch it. Like it's so weird. Like whenever like, he loses a game. Everyone who kind of watches like the game goes, "Oh yeah, Chovy played as well as he could have." Yeah. Uh, and then there's some like weird like anti-Chovy haters that are like, "No, he just CS all game." It's like, what do you do? He has like four like just shite players on his team. None of them do anything any game, and he never like feeds. He like I think he in this they went zero two versus T one this uh, past week, and mm-hmm. he didn't die in those games, and they just got fucking rolled right. And mm-hmm. it's like, and people are like, "Yeah, he just farmed. He doesn't do anything for the team." It, what do you mean like what's he supposed to do i saw a reddit comment and like once again it's just a fucking random reddit comment so it doesn't really matter someone's like chovy wouldn't even be a top four mid in lec <laughs> and i'm like i don't know man lec has what like one international level mid like in yeah. caps and then like i don't know who, who's after that fucking humanoids fucking tanked the last two international events in my opinion and then you have what niski i guess Niski's all right like a lot of people are saying larson's not bad it's like i, I don't know man saying he's not a top four mid lc is a fucking crazy person thing to say yeah, yeah that that's Definitely. insane i think that like there there's a lot of valid criticism where they're like you know he doesn't have you know titles or international mm-hmm. wins and it's like but but that's not the question of like you know career awards or you know tenure or anything like that it's like yeah. the question is like who is currently today the best player at that role in in yeah. the world and like if if it's not him he's definitely top three i i i don't know i've i've not watched him play a lot recently i don't know like who the other great mids are in lck and in lpl mm-hmm. but you know chovy is certainly in in the in the contention if not just undisputedly there and like he doesn't have the team to support him. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like him being on a good team is what it would really need to, I think, show that yeah. to a lot of people who are just like, yeah, but he lost, so he's not good. Yeah. Um, and then like obviously it'd be nice for a player that talented to be able to get some of those, you know, LCK titles or world finishes or world, you know champions like yeah, yeah exactly definitely. like a lot of people are very results based in their analysis and it definitely shows with like players like chovy which you can just you can just watch the games and see that he's above the level of like so many other mids that he plays against but mm-hmm. oh well yeah. nice um let's move into the mail fight section then um so we received two emails this week with champion uh kits uh and reworks um We've been kind of letting it slide a little bit, uh, but going forward, we can't read, um, you know, things on the show th- like that. I guess um, they're they're too complex and too 
Um, I think we all kind of agree that it's not very good content uh, yeah, audio-wise. It, it can get um, very long and hard to follow. And, and at a certain point, yeah, it's that we're going to read a kit for 15 minutes, say, yeah, that sounds pretty cool, and then kind of have to move on because we've already spent 15 minutes on it. And yeah, without like seeing it, in, in action it's just really hard to tell yeah mm-hmm. um but we're still definitely be like we love when you guys make them and send them in which is why we have a dedicated discord channel for champion reworks for champion ideas um like it's it's a fun conversation to have i just don't think it fits our format super well to do those on the show in real yeah yeah so uh going forward we're not going to be reading any um champion ideas or or we're not going to read any kit ideas if you have an idea for a champion and and you want to say like hey i i want to make a giraffe character that i think i should make a giraffe character that can see through bushes like that's pog we'll talk about that for a long time but we can't like read numbers and things like that like yeah full Um, kits and stuff like that yeah 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 so if you want to make an idea just give it a general overview and and send it to us we'll talk about it um but that being said, we did receive two emails with champion kits uh, and, and reworks from one from Jay about Tortoise, the turtle champion, which is an anti-engage brother of Ramus. So uh, that was really cool. And uh, Swallow sent in uh, a very cool Udir rework, which incorporated Brittle into yeah. the character's design. Um, so definitely check these out on the champions uh, concepts tab. We'll post it in there uh, after the show. Um, and then uh, post it in there if you if you have any other ideas. You're more than welcome to. Um, I don't want to speak for Aiden and Colton, but if you want, like, at least one of us to see it, you know, you can add us on. Yeah. At, at me on Discord in the Champion Concepts channel, and I'll take a look at it and reply. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Just, at the very least, if you at one of us and it sucks, you added us, we get to flame you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but we just can't read it on the show. It just takes up too much time and is too difficult for our tiny little brains to follow. So. Uh, Thank you to Jay and, and Swallow. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, next email here is from Cole. He says, hey, last week's discussion about the LCS contracts and management reminded me specifically of the NBA far more than the NFL or other professional sports leagues. As I understand it, the LCS has strong teams and weak teams, and it's very difficult for weak teams to garner strength. Mm-hmm. This seems to be because the free market style of the LCS allows strong, wealthy teams to keep good players and uh, means that the weak teams can't really afford to get better players and they lack a path towards improvement. The NBA, while it does have a salary cap, struggles with this as well. Mm-hmm. Super teams, as they're called, have dominated the league for a decade. Uh, wealthy organizations like the Heat, uh, Golden State Warriors, and Cleveland can afford to... S- stack superstars with at times any one of their starting five being good enough to be the standout star of a lesser team miami was in every nba finals from 2011 to 2014 uh between 2015 and 2018 all of those were cleveland versus golden state um the same two teams in the finals all four years that's that's wild i didn't know that Mm -hmm. uh it's extremely difficult to lower for lower teams to improve when the two to four teams with the most resources, hog all the talent. And this isn't without the NBA trying to diversify the league, but when a young guy plays extremely well on a shitty team, often he'll graduate to playing on a super team. They literally hoard the talent. Mm-hmm. League of Legends, like basketball, is 5v5, so each player has a huge impact on the game. 
This makes super teams easier to assemble, few players, few positions. If you get three top tier players, you've got a great team. Uh, teams that do well make more money, and teams that are bad make less, uh, and therefore they're fighting a losing battle. If the NBA wanted to create diversity in terms of which teams are good year to year, I think they'd have to directly intercede and implement heavy regulation on contracts, salary caps, etc. And I think the LCS would have to do the same. Also, I don't think that would be good for league in the long term. The very nature of both sports combined with a laissez-faire approach from the league allows for stagnant power ratings, and I think that that'd be very difficult to correct. Money is everything in professional sports, and a heavy hand is needed to curb these organizations from doing everything they can to continue to dominate and make the most money. I also think that LCS having a draft like other sports would help get new talent onto bad teams, but then you have to keep those players from going to wealthier teams once they're top talent. Thanks for reading my scrambled thoughts. Cole. So, um, I think this is a really good comparison, um, and this kind of does you know, feel a little bit like, uh, like the LCS where we have, we have three quote super teams in, and in North America at least. And, uh, and kind of everyone else, um, that sort of has historically been always the case. Um, and I don't know, I don't know how Riot fixes this problem. Um, you know, heavy hand involve heavy handing, uh, all right. An involvement of heavy hands in contract, you know, monitoring and things like that is a really good way to do it. And I think a draft would be another fantastic way to do it. But I don't think there's enough um, high quality content mm-hmm. to to make a draft happen every single year. Yeah. To give a, to give a lower tier team a chance to to actually like significantly improve. When we were talking about this the, the, on the last show, we, we had mentioned that a little bit. Yeah, where it's like. The draft is how they do it typically in traditional sports, and then like draft picks are, are able to be traded for for players or money. And unfortunately, in in the league environment, that really just doesn't work because like the vast majority of of rosters are not new players. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a graduating class of talented rookies every year. It's normally like, you know, a small handful of players that might end up being good. And, and so the only way to really support like a proper draft would be like having to pull players off of teams to put them in the draft pool. I mean, like, yeah, just, and that, that's just to like stop in really quick. We do have a draft. We do have like a proving grounds draft every single mm-hmm. year where like teams get to draft the players from proving grounds like uh but uh, I don't know. Like I think that's more like you draft them for your academy teams, and then sometimes you see them go to like bigger teams. Like whereas like in actual like sports, like these players are actually like starters when they're like first round uh, draft picks. And I don't think we've ever seen a proving grounds player like be like a fucking starter after getting drafted. Uh, there's just like there's just such a difference like in like level of play and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It's it's a it's a hard scenario to to fix. Um, and I don't think there's an easy solution. Otherwise, Bright would be taking it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think we're all in agreement that something should be done so there's a little bit more parity in, in the LCS. Yeah. Every but, time you win an LCS or world title, they chop off one of your fingers. 
and then you know we'll we'll start having different winning teams real soon. I mean, I just think I just think like the biggest True. thing is like it, it sucks for the orgs, right? Like, if you're a big org, you make more money because you can like so if you if you're a big org, you have better players typically who are more popular mm-hmm. players who draw in more views, more sponsors, which gets you more money, which allows you to get better players, which gets you more views, more sponsors, like. I feel bad for, like, the lower-tier orgs trying to make content to get sponsors, like, interested in their org. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think the org that does the best is Golden Guardians. Like, I-, I do have someone who works there, so, like, I am a little bit biased. But, like, they're an org who doesn't have any star players right now. But they still make, like, good content. It's infrequent, right? But, like, fuck, I feel bad, man. Like, the CLG YouTube channel is fucking embarrassing. It's dead. Yeah. It, it like... The fact that CLG can make a video and we get similar numbers of views on our videos on our YouTube channel is crazy to me. They have like 100 times the the subs on their YouTube channel than ours, right? Um, but they get similar levels of views. Like the My Tom Kench guide got like 10 times the view that like views that one of their videos would yeah. get. Like which is yeah. it's crazy. And this is a org that bought a 10 million dollar spot in LCS. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's not fully their fault too. Like yeah, I do think they could do a better job with their content. I do think like I think Pobelter is a enough of a figure that he has like a following to make content around him but like fuck man like no player wants to go to that team because they're not going to win so therefore you're getting players who aren't big names then you're trying to make content with players it's just like it's it's a repeating cycle that i I think a lot of teams are stuck in and it it really does suck yeah i mean it's a vicious circle a good example is how is tsm not ever going to be at the top when they just signed when they just got 210 million million dollars yeah right you know that's yeah. that's crazy. So I I don't know. There's such a parity between or such a lack of parity between uh, uh, teams in the LCS that it makes it a little bit you know disheartening to be if you're not a fan of one of those three. Yeah. So. Uh, but thank you, Cole. Thanks for the email. Next email is from Pards. Hey, Lee Cast Pards here. It's been a minute. Thanks to Nick, I've decided to give Dota a shot. And there are a lot of things that Dota does that uh, seem like easy ads to League to greatly improve it as a whole. Uh, I actually played a couple. Of couple games with pards uh over the weekend and i think we went three out of four so uh popping off uh voice chat is first dota 2 as voice chat and as a new player it makes the game really easy to know what i should be doing because in many games i have had a teammate that takes charge and uses voice chat voice chat to direct us to the w i have played probably around 30 hours of dota in the last three weeks and i've yet to experience flame in the voice chat i have been flamed but the people that uh are toxic don't talk out loud just type it i will say my experience as a male could be very different if that wasn't the case uh i think that's just true with any online content at Mm -hmm. all um but yeah voice chat it needs to be in at least in ranked um builds dota 2 just gives me the option to open up the shop and pick between different guides while in the client these guides have uh things like item skill order and little explanations about how slash why um the skills uh how slash why explains the sorry how slash why of the skills (laughs) that makes it great for new players um yeah you you just go into the shop you open up the guides and it'll you know tell you where to put your put your points every single time and this updates every single patch uh what items to build the order to build them like why they're good uh super in-depth um it's like what blitz does but dota does it themselves (laughs) Well, uh, players do it, and and you just like pick the most popular guys. Yeah, I just mean like so. it, like you can literally add an extension oh, yeah, yeah. to it's League of Legends party. to do it, but like mm-hmm. you right, you can't just get it through League itself, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a third party. Uh, it's yeah. baked into Dota. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. Um, coaching. The coaching experience is actually, quote, poggy woggy. As a new player for Dota, one of my missions was to play a game with a coach. I selected an English speaking coach and it matched me with a homie in like three minutes. We talked a little about uh, a little about what I like playing and then got into a game. He gets to watch my current game from my team's point of view in real time. He can ping on the map for me as well as telling me good ward spots and things like that. There was a week where I played m more Dota 2 than League. All in all, I would love to see League make some of these changes to the game. I think they rely a lot on the community doing these sort of things via Blitz.gg <laughs> add-ons or subreddits for coaching and stuff like that. I know you guys have uh, had the pro slash con voice uh, com debate in the past, so I won't have you bring it up again if you don't like. Sorry to that one guy that this email was a lot uh, a lot about Dota, but these are a few things that I would really love to see brought into League. I'll keep it... Oh, and then he sent a follow-up email. I'll keep it short. There was a roundtable a while back about what is your favorite sound. Uh, I'll change my answer. I changed my answer to the time bomb slash Zillion's ability in Legends of Runeterra pards. Uh, Colton, you should, you should play Runeterra. You know you're going to love it. Yeah, it's crazy uh, that you don't. <laughs> Zillion is so fucking cool in that game. He's so sick. Um, he's basically like old ass Doctor Strange, and it's um, <laughs> okay, it's amazing. Okay. Like in the lore, he just sees infinite time, like infinite timelines. That's so cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I would love to see all these features come in. I think there's a lot of things that Riot can do to can sort of poach from. Uh, mm -hmm. I wouldn't even just say Dota. I'll just say MOBAs in general. Yeah. Um, I think a talent system is going to be damn near impossible to balance and probably the most fun thing that they could add to the game at all. Um, yeah. Especially if they sort of follow the 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 sort of um, Heroes of the Storm slash Dota model where the lower tier talents are kind of just okay. But the upper tier talents are where start like your character actually becomes a different character every single game, every single talent. And it's insane. Um, so I, I mean, I hope so. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying Dota. I'm down to play some more sometime. Thanks pards. Yeah. Thanks for the email. Let me pull up the next one here from Milky, the Nico guy. Uh, hey y'all, it's Milky again, and let me just get into it. How the hell am I meant to deal with Earth? <laughs> my top my, my top champion pool is well limited. <laughs> Pretty much only Gwen, with the occasional Nico or Lilia. But no matter what I do, I get completely shafted by this disgusting crab man. Can barely farm against him, and it feels like I'm always forced out of lane at level six because his R is what is leading him to free farming while I struggle to keep up. Other than uh, I also just need to, uh, I don't know. I just need to broaden my champion pool. Other than that. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I, oh, wow. Yeah, that's what I missed a little. <laughs> it's literally there. <laughs> it's just English, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I play Nico, Gwen, Eve, and Lilia with Sarah, Senna, and Rakan when I get auto-filled support. Uh, I have and like the look of Camille, but I've yet to really try her. Ari is fun, but sometimes I don't really like her Q and R. Uh, Kali and Kiana are confusing. Basically, I'm just asking if there are any champs you think I may like based on who I play, mainly looking for mid or top laners. And finally, 
How would you go about getting over ranked anxiety? Should I just jump into ranked? I play pretty much exclusively draft norms, so I'm used to the pick man phase, but something about having a ranked attachment to the game scares me. I play a lot of ranked Overwatch in the past, peaking at plat, uh, and I think I'm probably somewhere around low silver to high bronze in league. Basically, I don't really care about my rank in games, but I do care about my teammates' rank and don't want to be the reason they lose their promos or demote. So if you guys have any ways to get over that, I'd love to know. Anyways, sorry for the longest fuck email. I won't be surprised if you cut down or only answer one of the questions. But regardless, have a nice day, Milky the Nico guy. I think I feel like we get a lot of emails saying, "Sorry if you, or it's okay if you cut this down." Yeah. Or I wouldn't be surprised. We I don't I don't think we've cut. This Ever. is the first time we've yeah. cut an email down like recently. It's been a while after that. Or, uh, it's very rare this. that we have to cut down an email. Mm-hmm. Basically, we we won't say like really offensive things and that's the only thing we won't read in yeah. an email. <laughs> yeah, or Aside if you from... send us like a twenty page email, then yeah, that, that yeah. probably is gonna get summarized. Um, so I kinda wanna approach this backwards. Um for ranked anxiety, I think the best way to is to just like just jump in. Um I think it's definitely the the best way that you're going to to get over it is just by doing. Um mm-hmm. uh and it, I wouldn't worry about your teammates. They were unlucky enough to to coin flip you on their team. So that's their fault. I guess like one thing that helps me with that is that it's not your decision to get placed in that game. Like if let's just say you are not the skill level in that game. You're you're not actually like a platinum player, but you're in a platinum game, right? Because Riot placed in you in a platinum game or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. It's not your fault that Riot put you there, right? That's Riot's fault. Like it's not your fault that like you're not at the level of like whatever's in your game. That's what the rank system and the MMR system is supposed to do. Is it's supposed to place you properly, right? So you should just be focusing on yourself. Yes, sometimes it does suck that it feels like you're the reason like holding your team back. Sometimes I felt that before and it does suck, but once again like what are you supposed to do not play ranked because you're in the wrong elo like that's that's not a solution either right right it's not just gonna go hey mm-hmm. this guy's in the wrong elo let's just place him somewhere else you have to like play those games and get yourself in the right elo yeah um if you're really worried about like getting flame from your teammates obviously you can mute chat pings etc yeah. um if you don't want to do that i get it i i personally tend not to mute chat but i probably would do better if i did um the other thing is that we get this question We've gotten it several times of like, what are your thoughts about ranked anxiety going into it? Mm-hmm. We always kind of just say, just play some games. And while we've gotten many emails about ranked anxiety, I don't think we've gotten a single email that was like, hey, I played a couple ranked games and I'm still feeling ranked anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, nobody's nobody's ever followed up. And maybe it's just because they didn't want to follow up. But then like, yeah, I played my like 10 placement games and 10 more. And I'm still like really nervous to go into ranked. And I think that that just kind of proves that again once you've played a few it it really does go away and like there's there's some level of ranked anxiety that's probably healthy Mm -hmm. where it's like hey it's my first like it's my first game of the day and i haven't played league in a week and a half maybe my first game shouldn't be solo queue yeah and i mean that's not something that i do even though again i should but you know there's there's some level where that's healthy but you know, again, once you've played game, it's like going into a normal or an ARAM or a ranked game, you don't really feel any differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just queue up. By the time you've played, you know, 100 or 200 games, it's it's not going to feel, you know, that way anymore. So, um, otherwise, like, boy, I... So, 
if your goal is to specific regarding your your champion pool, if your goal is to climb or or I guess you you haven't played ranked, so if your goal is to just get better at the game, I'd actually recommend. Um, I think we all will narrowing down your champion pool. I think mm-hmm. the the champions that you've listed are so different from one another that it is hard to focus on like how to optimally play them every single game. Um, it's hard to autopilot it. You have to focus on it a lot. Yeah. Uh, and that's not a great thing for the game. It's, it, it is a night and day difference between like someone who has put in 400 games on one character and someone yeah. who has put in, you know, 12 games on a ton of different characters. Um, so, I mean, specifically like i would i would find the one or two characters that you really enjoy playing if they're not similar that's okay as long as it's just a small number of characters mm-hmm. um for this particular list if you're looking for mid and top lane i mean nico can be kind of flexed into both um i think ad nico top is sort of still fringe meta yeah um versus some really aggressive melee top laners uh, but I think you should. I think you should try to nail down Gwen. Uh, I think that character is actually disgustingly broken. Um, now that people have figured out some of the interactions between her kit, did you guys know you can Q then reposition it with E? Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, so the character is like nuts. Uh, you pretty much win every single trade level one with your E because you start E and not Q. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, um, you. Uh, you, you just kind of get to scale super hard. Uh, you don't lose in melee range, and then you don't lose in range because you have your W. Um, so I would say put a lot of time into Gwen uh, at the very top, and then, you know, I, I would say probably Nico after that. I think she's the most flexible. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, good luck, Milky. I appreciate it a bunch. Um, next email is from Dippy. I've had an idea for a while that's out of the box in a great but difficult way, and I'm wondering what you think about it. I want to play games with two mice. Um, they would each have a separate functionality the way joysticks do on a controller. I think we are missing a whole genre of mech pilot simulators in various other games that could take advantage of two mouse functionality. I think it could make for a more immersive experience without the massive equipment processing and physical space requirements of VR. I do admit that there is still an extra piece of hardware that you would need to play with two mice and i don't think current computer operating systems would know how to handle two mice but if i could i would buy a lefty mouse with a thumb grid to play league of legends using my left hand to control the camera items and emotes and then my using my right hand mouse with its 12 button thumb grid to control aim abilities and summoner spells Mm -hmm. maybe then my friends would stop making fun of me for having my flash be on the down press of my scroll wheel that is crazy that's fucking wild uh, first person shooters could take advantage of dual mice by letting you control aim and broad field of view separately instead of being on the same mouse games like Skyrim could let you control with each hand uh, each hand with fittingly each hand uh, do you think <laughs> do you think you would ever want to play a game with dual mouse functionality would it make a difference if it was only for select AAA games versus being able to be used in more classic style games uh, like League, Starcraft, Overwatch and Sekiro dippy um i i I don't know just to step in really quick i feel like there are like um like hotas setups like uh hand off the whatever the fuck like you know like uh joystick whatever like uh 
if you're like playing like a flying game or whatever, you can have like a throttle and joystick thing to control like a ship or whatever. I feel like there's probably still like yeah. double joystick combos, and that just sounds like a better version of what you want. Um, it seems like I guess double mouse could be a version of it, but I don't know how it would ever work unless it's a very specific game for it. But it's a cool idea, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that would have to be a sp- like designed specifically for uh, uh like for that by a game. Yeah. But I could see that being like you know pretty pretty interesting. I won't say fun because I have no idea how that's how that would work. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is it'd be such a barrier to entry, like figuring out how to like fully independently operate a mouse with your offhand would just be really weird for a lot of people. And I think like y- you'd get some buy-in for people for the novelty, but I would imagine most likely anyone who would want to play that game like that's designed for it would probably have a better time just yeah with like a double joystick setup yeah um that i think fits a lot better if the concept is like one stick is more of your movement and the other stick is your field of view i i I think that the two joystick setup fits that better yeah cool um thanks sippy uh, next email is from Armis. Hey, Leadcast. Hopefully you're done being overloaded with emails because I'm just going to pile <laughs> another one on. Gwen is fun as fuck. I've been playing her recently and I've been having more fun in her than I've had in most champs in a while. I'm really hoping she's picked in competitive so that maybe I can learn a thing or two from the pros. It's actually how I picked up a lot of my mechanics playing support, especially for my warding. Warding and mechanics. Name two more <laughs> iconic things. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'll become a Gwen god by watching, uh, but learning and being learning and being a pro are two wildly different things. I saw a clip of Faker killing a Syndra hundred to zero on a Kali right when he hit six because she wasted her E. I could never dream of pulling something like that off with his confidence, but hopefully I can still learn a few things. Anyways, just this email isn't me rambling. If you could choose any non-ultimate ability to have in real life, what would you do? Or which would you pick? I'd choose Trundle Pillar just to fuck with people. Still not sorry for the long email, Armis. Mm-hmm. We we had this conversation before. This was like a, a roundtable, I think, over 200 episodes Ye- ago. A long time ago, yeah. Probably. <laughs> um... Yeah, so Gwen is getting picked competitively, and spoiler, she's really fucking strong. Um, what non-ultimate ability would we pick? I feel like I'd just pick, like, a, a dumb fun one. Like, getting to, like, throw Jarvan's flag every eight seconds would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, getting to run fast a zillion E. <laughs> Uh, or make someone's like really slow. I'd choose the bard shrine, but like with his like Christmas skin, so I can just like spawn hot chocolate. Spawn hot chocolate. Yes. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. Nice. Create chocolate. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I I feel like I'd probably choose like a blink ability. Like my go-to is like Ezreal E. Just because I think it'd be really, like, funny and hype just to be able to teleport, like, ten feet, even. And then attack the closest person. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> um, no, that sounds fun to you. Cool. 
Nice. Uh, thank you, Armis. Next email is from Beetroots. So a couple of weeks ago, you guys were talking about affordable coaching, and it made me wonder, what are your opinions on ProGuides, a website that charges roughly $8 a month, but it says it bills the cost of using it for a full year. They say they provide coaching lessons and videos as much and as often as you need. And to add a fun question, what is your favorite champion to play that is mechanically difficult, and which is your favorite that is mechanically easy? Sorry for the long email, your friendly root vegetable, Beetroots. Um, if anything is charging you for a full month, despite advertising it as a monthly cost, it's probably not good. Um, a full year, yeah. Yeah, full year. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, full year. Um, Which, there's... I would say, like, the way they go about pitching that is is iffy, because, like, a lot of places will charge for annual and then, mm-hmm. like, display, like, this works out to twelve ninety nine a month or something. Yeah. Um, but... If, I think if ProGuide leg- specifically doesn't. I th- I think that I I'd seen that on online, where mm-hmm, where you sign up it's for like, a month subscription, but they charge you for a year. I don't know. I don't remember where I saw it, but it like it's like light gray text on white like white background that says this oh, okay, is charges yeah. an annual like fee. Yeah, something like very scammy like that. I maybe maybe mm-hmm. I'm misremembering and I'm I'm putting some some you know bad. Um, Juju, bad, uh, Juju on the pro guide's name, uh, but again, I probably wouldn't commit to. So maybe if you used a lot of coaching and you know that you're gonna make use of it every single, um, I don't know, every single game that you're playing. Sure, maybe you know, what eighty, ninety six dollars a year wouldn't be bad. Yeah, something like that. I guess the first um, thing I would ask is like, how much pro guides like YouTube content do you like watch? They put out a video a day yeah. about League of Legends. Do you watch all their current content? If you watch all their current content and you like all their current content, you feel like you're getting a lot out of all their current content. Then, I mean, that's a way to support people like this, right? Like that. That's the way I would look at it personally. If I go, hey, I watch every single one of their videos for League of Legends. I feel like all their content's really good. I feel like they're really smart people that put out great content, and I want to support them more while getting better at the game. Then, sure, that sounds like a really good person to like pay money to like have uh, have help you. But if you don't watch any of their YouTube content or you think their YouTube content is not that good, then I don't think you should be paying money towards them, I guess, is the way I would look at it, right? I would at least start there. Then you can start, like, actually deciding if it's the right financial decision. But Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm would also at the... say, depending on, like, how familiar you are with their content, like, paying a year up front for a service that you're not super familiar with is always a little sketchy. Because it's like you might not like it, or again, maybe you won't. You you like you feel like you won't need it anymore in two months, and like that that sucks if that happens. And obviously, there are tons of things in the world that are like pay a full year, like you know, sign a contract on a subscription, and like a lot of people get burnt on it. But that's just kind of the way that those models work. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so I, I'm looking at the website. It's um. It's not, it's not the clearest, but it's it's not like super scammy. I think, um, I I wouldn't sign up for something like this for a year uh, unless I was super confident that I would make a lot of use out of it. Um, but I I don't know. Go for it. Um, what's my fa- What is our favorite champion that is mechanically difficult and one that is mechanically easy? 
I think my favorite that's mechanically easy is Maokai. I don't think there's a lot of like tech that goes into playing Maokai, but I, I love playing the tree. He's beefy, he heals for a lot, um, has really easy CC to land. Um, my favorite mechanically difficult, um, pro- I mean, probably Lucian. I like yeah. Lucian a lot. I don't think I'm nearly good enough at the character to play him, um, but probably Lucian. How about you guys? Um, I don't know. What about you, Colt? You go first. Sure. I'd say difficult. Like, Vayne is definitely up there. But I don't think, like, at her core, like, Vayne's mechanics are not particularly mechanically difficult, but to play Vayne well, like, just the raw AD carry mechanics need to be good. Um, and, and just, like, doing well on Vayne and, like, getting that nutty team fight is is a feeling I really enjoy and play for a lot and probably one of the few super mechanic intensive characters I go to. Mm-hmm. Um, as for like a real easy character, I probably like engage supports like Alistar. I don't consider very mechanically difficult, but I love being able to just like run in and lol. I stunned your whole team. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think Vayne's probably mine. She's probably the most mechanical like character that I enjoy playing. She's like really fun when you do well on her. Mm-hmm. What are the mechanically easiest? I I, I asked Tom Kench. Tom, Tom, yeah, Tom, Tom Kench. Tom Kench. Tom Kench. Yeah, I just can like actually turn my brain off and solo kill people in lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I, I do have a little roots. bit of uh, a like breaking news. Uh, oh, okay. Like I, I will talk about it more next week, but like we'll throw it in here as well. Uh, they announced what they're replacing Sanguine blade with like the the reworked item it's called hullbreaker yeah. uh it's for 80 split pushers and i want to throw up when i read it um oh, so it's boy. 50 ad 400 health 150 percent base health regen so it's not very gold efficient from what i can tell i think mathematically there uh it's 2800 gold um so it's passive is uh boarding party while no allied champions are near you gain 20 to 45 armor and magic resist and 20 percent increased damage to towers nearby large minions gain 60 to 135 armor and magic resist and 200 increased damage to towers nah dude so when your team's not near you you're just tanky and you hit towers harder and you make minions near you hit towers harder and are tankier Oh, this ain't it, so, Chief. This ain't it, Chief. That's so cancer, man. That is not very much fun to play, I guess I bet. I, I, I also could see that. it not being that's good. That's so terrible. I, I think it's not very gold efficient, so it might just not be good enough to build. But, like, if it is good, it's, like, super not fun to play against, I think. But we'll just talk about it. Banner and Zerat back. I feel like it has to be gold efficient if you are if you don't have any allied champions near you, right? Yeah. Like, that amount of armor. that I guarantee you minions have, like like, 30 armor or some bullshit like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's funny though. That got tweeted like three minutes ago, and Wicked already like replied to it. He said, "Riot made the PVE roll PVE roll jungle overpowered, uh, but don't worry, summoners. Now by buying an item, you can make top lane into a PVE roll as well. We'll call it League of League of o- sorry, League of Legends Tower Defense. You have to kill the insanely strong minions before your base goes poof. <laughs> <laughs> True, yeah. but yeah, we'll talk about that True. maybe more next week if we'll see where it goes. But uh, yeah, that seems super awful. Sorry. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sweet." Um, thanks, Beatroots. Yeah, thank you. Next email. Uh, hi there. I started listening to this last year, and y'all have... Or sorry, I started listening this last year to y'all. Oh, god damn, I can't read today. Uh, <laughs> and have very much enjoyed the company on some long drives. 
For reference, a pronunciation of my name is Seolu. Uh, it's not the easiest mm-hmm. to just look at and say. Uh, I was listening to a recent episode where an email write-in had asked what the most worthless ability to max first was, or what ability maxing wouldn't change a champion's playstyle at all, maybe. I can't remember. Uh, but I instantly knew I had to write in to correct everyone on this debate. The email writer said Gangplank W and I scoffed. You at least get cooldown reduction and more healing, I thought to myself. You all agreed on Zillion W. And I thought to myself, no. You get more than half off the cooldown to a double stun or double slow slash speed uh, while maxing that. Not preferable, but still useful. I present to you the champion I main made for years, Zyra. She has a W that you might have heard of, and it plants a seed. Said seed maxing only reduces the cooldown by 8 seconds at max rank, something a zillion and gangplank uh, would scoff at and probably chuckle. You might say, but the damage? No, her plants scale with level. Uh, it does not change the way she plays at all. In fact, most of her seed cooldown reduction actually comes from minions, monsters, and champions dying from her or just her passive randomly sprouting some seeds around you that you pray are beneficial uh, zone control tools. That is my sentiment to you uh, that I had to voice because of my outrage that any other champion could have a more worthless ability to max. I love my plant woman and I severely miss when it would give CDR as that actually gave maxing it some help to her build from a mid-mage point of view. Now it's just a worthless throwaway point uh, post-maxing Q and E. Anywho, love the podcast. Thanks for giving me something to finally reach out about. I'm not actually outraged, but there's some serious forgetting of my spinach lady. Sorry for the long, absolutely pointless email, and thanks for always being great company on my drives. P.S. I joined the Discord, but I'm nervous to interact uh, and I don't know how to get involved with your community. Any tips? Best. S- Let me get the yeah, pronunciation. Sure. Sayolu. Let's uh, um, let's all at this person. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, well, so part of it is that we don't want to talk about your spinach lady. Yeah. Um, because that would trigger Nick. He's uh, very afraid of vegetables, and so we try <laughs> and avoid that. Um, I think you're right, though. I think it's interesting because like the disparity is a little bit different where it's like you just get so much for by putting points in Q and E on Zillion where it feels so useless putting points in W. But I think, yeah, Zyra is probably... it's It's got to be. So the recharge yeah. time being from 18 to 10 seconds is literally the only thing that changes. Mm-hmm. And you could, I guess, make an argument that that's good against like hook characters or like to block line skill shots but that's a pretty weak argument. Yeah, I mean, if I mean in that scenario you have to have the reactions to both plant the seed and cast the ability and have the ability spawn a plant mm-hmm. in the like in the the in the line. It's it's very difficult um to make that argument. I I think he's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so those those are the, the number one and number two. We, we, we identified number two. We missed one. Um, as for the Discord community, I mean, I, I would say, like, it's a very open community. Uh, wait until we're just having some stupid conversation and jump in with your thoughts. Like, 
or start one of those conversations yourself. Make a make a hot take or like a silly debate topic and we'll 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 jump on it. Tell us why uh subs aren't a sandwich and why hot dogs are. I don't know. How many holes are in a straw? <laughs> Hit us with one. something like that. Yeah. But cool, cool, cool. Thank you. Say Olu. Um next email is from Dr. Reliavant. Nice, good. Um, Highly Cast Podcast is my first time mailing in, so I just wanted to say thanks for creating a podcast that keeps me mentally occupied doing the more brainless tax, tasks like stacking firewood into pallets and the likes. Uh, like you can see in the title, I just wanted to quickly touch on a thing that keeps happening during my solo queue games, uh, mainly playing flex with friends. Smurfs are like fucking everywhere. I know it sounds a little whiny, but I've been peeking around gold one or two for a few seasons. However, with the start of this season, every solo queue game was like seven smurfs in a single game, if not more. Fresh accounts barely level 30 at mastering, uh, at least mastering concepts to a gold uh, or platinum level, if not maybe higher. My strength in solo queue in Clash was always a decent understanding of mid lane matchups, which made me... Uh, do well even against mid mid plat level players. However, I'm now getting clapped by people which should be around silver according to my provisional rank. I know I'm not the only person encountering it because two friends told me exactly the same and I didn't uh, believe them at first because the density of smurfs never appeared to me before. It's absolutely disheartening to theoretically play at a low level and seeing you and the other non-smurfs getting clapped around and getting the game coin flipped by who has... The better smurfs or which non-smurf gives up the least amount of kills i know some people use smurfs to learn new roles and champions uh but and i apologize the situation is bullshit because i'm 80 percent sure they're just playing main roles recently uh csgo made changes to their matchmaking where you need prime accounts either paid now slash people who own csgo before go it went free to play uh to play ranked modes I definitely noticed a huge drop in Smurfs, which kind of just clapped you around before, uh, and I fucking love it. I finally get to consistently play uh, people around Master Guardian, probably comparable to Gold in League. Most of the time, and the games are so much more balanced and fun. You can probably guess where my point is leading. One time paid ranked queue in League, around 10 to 15 euro, uh, no payment for accounts of three years or older. Smurfs would finally be confronted with a meaningful decision, spending their hard-earned or saved money to participate in ranks uh, to learn something from it, not playing ranked, or essentially wasting 15 euro for slapping noobs around. Yes, it makes the entry barrier entry barrier for young players higher, and that kind of sucks, but it would definitely improve game quality as in making it more balanced, eventually even does something against toxicity, hopefully. Would like to have your thoughts on that. I know it's not I know it's maybe not the most interesting email because it's usually just a circular topic, so feel free to skip it. Apologies for the long email, Dr. Aureli event. Uh, P.S. Sorry for the rough English. I hope I delivered my points at an understandable level. Greetings from Dresden, Germany. Uh, yeah. No, your English was your English was great. Yeah, the email is really good. Uh, that being said, like I'm not sure if I'm going to be end, the one ending up playing uh, like the opposite point, but I disagree with almost everything you said, I guess. Uh, and it's not like to be harsh either. Um, I do think like there are merits to having various systems to stop players from ruining games, but I also think you can just decide to 
banned Smurfs, and that would be the easier thing. Like, if Riot decided, hey, we're not going to have Smurfs, like Dota literally just decided, hey, we're not going to have Smurfs, and we're going to ban people who are Smurfing, that seems like an easier thing than Riot going, hey, we're going to charge $15 to play ranked. Um, I think, if anything, like, I've had this idea before, like, I think if you're, like, Master Plus, you should have the option of paying money uh, to have your games monitored, right? Like, it people who are like challenger or like master or whatever the fuck can pay like ten dollars a month or whatever and it pays for someone um to like start watching challenger games because if like say 500 people in the master plus category pay five dollars a month uh you might be able to hire like one part-time person to just skim through like reports for these games and to actually manually look through every single report you know what i mean like that's mm-hmm. all you need is like one person for like this level of like this elo to like stop like super toxic shit but i don't think paying for ranked like solves your issue at all um also like not to like dive too deep into it but you've played four solo queue games so there's not really too much to go off of, i think there and i also think typically when people are saying that they have at least four seven smurfs in their game you're either a in smurf queue which is possible smurf queue is a thing they introduced smurf queue at the end of last season um which it, it is a thing you will have games where you have eight smurfs in your game because you're in a smurf queue mm-hmm. game um but that shouldn't. That won't be every game. And I, I think a lot of people like just look at anyone who has a high win rate and call them calls them a Smurf. Uh, Smurfs are pretty fucking easy to detect. Level thirty accounts, close to level thirty accounts, no ranked history before, never played ranked. Uh, typically have bought games uh, recently, like because the accounts are botted to level thirty. Um, yeah, I, I just think that you probably are like overreacting a little bit to it, too much to it. I'm not doubting that you haven't been in Smurf queue before, but I don't think it's actually affecting your ability to climb when you've played four games at least on the account that like you you wrote in on um yeah with one of those being a win and three of them being a loss i just don't think it's a big enough sample size i also don't think it's probably actually affecting your ability to climb i i don't really know anyone whose ability to climb has been affected solely because of smurfs by any means but i i I think there's some some good points i do think like there are times in which you could add a paid for rank system and it wouldn't be a bad thing i just think i'd rather see that introduced as a like anti-toxic measure rather than like a stop smurfing measure because that could just be literally solved by riot just not allowing smurfs anymore i think yeah i i really like your idea aiden of having like that upper echelon of games monitored more heavily Mm -hmm. Because I think that that one, like, clears up a little bit of that toxicity. But I think that also it just eventually breeds, like, better players that will function well on teams. Yeah. And, and like, ultimately benefits, like, the competitive pro scene. Um, and I'm with you where, like, I, I think the solution is easy. Ban Smurf accounts and just have the option to, if you don't want your Smurf account banned you have to register it with your main, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think that having a Smurf account is fine and playing on it is fine. It's simple. If you didn't register your Smurf account to your main, like, you'll get, like, one warning before it's yeah. permabanned to say, hey, we've identified your account as a Smurf. Like, if you don't register it and you play more ranked on it, yeah. we're just going to ban this account. And as for, like, your, your CSGO thing, like, prime matchmaking definitely helped. But, like, even when CSGO was, like, a $15, $20 game, back when I was playing a lot of it, like, there were people all the time, like, talking about how they would just buy another copy of the game once they got permabanned. Yeah. Like, when they got backbanned for hacking for, like, obvious hacks. And it was, like, never. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously it wasn't every game, but, you know, I don't think that barrier is really that high to stop these people 
who would do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think then that, that just, like, turns the market into, like, okay, like, if all people will just start botting a bunch of accounts and let them exist for enough years to, like, qualify or whatever. Yeah. Or they'll just buy, like, you know, dormant accounts that people haven't touched for years. Mm-hmm. It's definitely an issue um, solved on a further back level, like a more core level than uh, I think that what you're suggesting. I think it's a fine mm-hmm. suggestion, though. But hopefully... Like, yeah, no, I, I, I think the intent is fine. Yeah, we're not trying to, like, completely shit on I just think that there's other ways to solve these issues, and I don't think... like I think you should just play some more ranked, and I think you'll, like, see that it's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Four games is not a big sample size, uh... I didn't. I don't know even know if there's a, a Smurf in the game. The game that I looked at um, kind of just seemed like yeah. Every, there were low level accounts for sure, but you know a couple of them had forty five percent win rates. Yeah. So good luck, uh, uh, Mister Aurelia Vint. Good name. You make uh, me wish that my friends played CS:GO and not Overwatch though. <laughs> I missed that game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else you got, Nick? No, that's it. Last email. Uh, final email from Oliver. Hey guys, emailed in about a year ago while I was in bronze for climbing advice. You guys got me hooked on jungle and now I'm gold too. Started meeting Kindred and have 400,000 mastery points on her now. Got a couple other champs in my pool, but I've got a 56% win rate on 260 Kindred games. And all of my other champions aren't nearly that good. Uh, That sounds about right for anyone who mains one character. Uh, My question is, should I bother going stuff like Poppy or Nunu when my team needs a frontline, even though I'm not nearly as good at them? Uh, I don't like picking Kindred when my team is pure damage, but I end up playing much worse when I'm not on her. Thoughts? Um, So as someone who plays a lot of jungle and in general is always like really wary of trying to get balanced team comps together like it's not an easy to answer question because it's just like measuring two variables against each other that are really hard to measure where it's just a question of like is the difference in your skill from kindred to any other character a bigger gap than or like a, a bigger deteriorating factor or detriment detriment to your team than having an unbalanced team comp and i'd say in most cases the answer is probably no um it really also depends i think on ranked like what what rank you're in um so like gold mid gold i don't think having a super balanced team comp is is quite as important whereas like if you're in a high challenger game and you pick you know a really really unbalanced team comp like they will have five people with Ninja Tabby, and four of them will probably go Bramble Vest, and it's like, well, fuck. Um, but I, I, I'd in general say just play your fucking main, and if anything, try and convince like someone else to play it. If you're finding that it's an issue a lot, then take the time to really invest in picking up like a single off pick that is your, we desperately need a tank, I know how to play Kindred and one tank. Uh, that would be my advice. I would say just stick with Kindred. You have a 50% win rate over a big number of games. Obviously, you're good at the character. Um, and I think picking anything but mm-hmm. Kindred is going to lower your chances of winning. It's un- it's unfortunate that uh, um, like sometimes your team comps are going to be unbalanced. Uh, but I think kindred, like current Kindred is strong enough to make that kind of work. 
especially in um uh especially in solo queue yeah and kindred's one of those few squishy characters that can actually like in in a way give a lot of tankiness to her team yeah. because right even if they can pop your whole team they can't pop you for two seconds mm-hmm. so at, at the very least you can get some damage out um again yeah 56 percent over 260 games like you're doing well keep doing well and again uh, until it becomes a point where you can't win because you're playing kindred and your team has no tank consistently you probably don't need to consider a switch mm-hmm. so just keep climbing man you're gonna hit plat soon hell yeah, yeah. nice Thank you, Oliver. Uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to send us an email, it is mail at leadcastpodcast.com. Check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash bluebasket and slash leadcastfrost are where we stream. Uh, tweet at us at leadcast on Facebook. We are leadcast. Visit our website, leadcastpodcast.com. You could uh, join our Discord, leadcastpodcast.com forward slash Discord. Um, and then finally, support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash leadcast. Uh, for just $1 a month, you can have us... Uh, fix every champion in the game um thank you guys so much for listening we'll see you next week bye bye, bye.